Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the show. Our guest today, Lily Jones, is someone that I've been following for quite a while on Facebook. I'm truly inspired by what she's doing to spread the message of teaching our kids to be joyful learners and to encourage curiosity forever, which is the name of the podcast she co-hosts with her husband, Kevin. Lily is an educator, mother, and a champion for joyful learning. She is the founder of CuriosityPack.com, where she uses her teaching expertise to create activities that inspire kids to love learning. Holding an MA in education from UC Berkeley, Lily has been a kindergarten and first grade teacher, instructional coach, curriculum developer, and education consultant. Believing that education starts at home, Lily loves to support families to learn, play, and grow together. Welcome to the show, Lily. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Now, did I miss anything in your intro that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think that you've got it covered. I really just blend in my life as an educator and a parent right now together to bring families together. Great. And we're going to dive a little more into that story here in just a bit. Great. I want to take us back to the beginning and the creation of Curiosity Pack. Let's talk about the how and why and for whom did you create Curiosity Pack? Yeah, great. So I was a teacher um, for many years before having my daughter four and a half years ago. And then when I was pregnant, I knew that teaching kindergarten took everything out of me, that it was so, I mean, teaching is such a crazy job. It's so rewarding, but so exhausting um, to be at least the kind of teacher that I wanted to be. And so I knew that I, or I thought that I wouldn't be able to go back to full-time teaching um, while having a newborn, but I definitely wanted to be involved in education and stay, um, stay just committed to helping kids love learning. And so I started doing a bunch of teacher side of things of coaching new teachers and some things I could do flexibly curriculum design and working for nonprofits and all that was great. And it definitely, I was kind of trying everything out. I called it my hodgepodge forever. <laughs> um, and then I really was just enjoying what I really loved when I was teaching, which was designing really rich educational experiences for kids that were real world and got them engaged. And, you know, when I was teaching, I would design these crazy big units of like the rainforest where we would build a tropical rainforest in the hallway and learn about conservation and all this stuff. And it's just so fun to think about what are the skills and what are the content that kids want to learn and how you can blend those with what we want, what we want them to learn and what they want to learn together. So I really was just thinking about designing these experiences being the thing that I wanted to focus my life on, I guess. Um, So then I got pregnant with my son and again, had that energy of like, what do I do now? I don't know. I have so many things going on. I need to trim down. And this is my chance. If I, I guess I had had something in my mind for a while that I had wanted to build my own business, but I was just, didn't really know how to do that. So when I was pregnant, I was like, well, I have one kid already. Things are tough. Having two, I'm sure things will get crazier. This is the time to do it. 
So I just started thinking about my, I guess my parent friends, my, my daughter's friends were coming to me and saying, Hey, my kid's getting ready for preschool. You know, what should I be doing with them? And, you know, asking me wow. questions as an educator and a parent friend. Um, so it just got me thinking about the kind of before steps that I didn't see when I was teaching kindergarten of parents working together with their kids and how to make those experiences the most worthwhile. And so I was blending that, those questions I was getting with my desire to create these learning experiences and decided that I wanted to create activities and themed activities that bring families together. And my thought was that there would be kind of like mini units that I love teaching, you know, with like the rainforest or breads around the world and things like that, um, creating these units. So I wanted to do that for families of themed activity boxes that teach about the letters or teach about feelings or teach about numbers that would bring families together and both teach parents how to engage with their kids around joyful learning and also teach kids those content and skills that would um, get them to be successful in school and beyond. So then, yeah, so then when I was pregnant, I did a Kickstarter to fund Curiosity Pack, or I got everything ready, and when my son was two months old, I guess I launched it, um, and that funded the first pack, and then we've just grown from there. And I love that you were able to see an opportunity just from speaking with your friends and then asking you questions. Because I feel that every parent out there, every person out there has this unique gift and this, this mission or vision that's sort of burning inside them that sometimes doesn't always get pushed out or drawn out by what's happening around them. So I love that you were able to see the opportunity and move forward with it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it definitely... I mean, it seemed murky at the time, but it became clear, I guess, just by listening to people and what their needs were and how I could, I mean, I think some of it's just thinking about how I could be useful in normal life. You know, people were asking me these questions and I was like, oh yeah, okay. This is something people want some support with and I can help them with that. Right. And I know that you have a new, a new training that you just put out and I think it's happening this week and mm -hmm. it's the kindergarten readiness training. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of switching our focus right now, partly because I have a four and a half year old going into kindergarten next year, <laughs> and partly because I was a kindergarten teacher for so many years, um, to focusing on kindergarten readiness. And it's something that, um, you know, new research is coming out all the time of the importance of early childhood education and how the things we do with our kids up to age five really set the stage for their whole academic career. So I don't want, I don't say that to be like pressure's on, but to say that parents really have an opportunity there to shape their child's feelings about education. Um, so I'm focusing on kindergarten readiness and doing this free celebration this week, um, which I'll probably be putting the videos actually up on my website as a blog post, which are three videos about social and emotional learning, academic learning, and practical skills that you can work on with your child. And then I'm also launching this Countdown to Kindergarten subscription program, which is a year-long program where um, you get a monthly package delivered to you with activities to do with your child, all themed, and a monthly plan of extra activities that I'll email to you, um, a Facebook group with some education experts, and different extra bonuses there. And what a, what a great idea to be able to get something at home with your kids where you can sit down and share time together. Because I remember when my kids were little, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to do something with them, but it was a lot of internet research that I would do. And, you know, all the information I found, one person said this, one person said this, and I kind of felt like, gosh, I don't know really what I want to do with them. So how lovely for parents to be able to every month get a very directed package and they can use that in lots of different ways to be able to engage with their kids. And like you said, set the tone for what their educational experience is going to be like. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I know parents are busy, you know, that we don't want to spend yes. our free time searching yeah. Pinterest and searching the internet for these activities and then putting them together. You want to spend your free time really making the most out of your connection. Exactly. With you. so. as, as fun as sometimes those things are to sort of lose ourselves in the world of Pinterest and beautiful images. Yes, it's definitely a much more <laughs> valuable use of our time if we can engage with our kids and get them excited. And, and like you're, like you always say, you know, keeping them curious. Because I feel like sometimes schools, you know, they try to help kids be curious, but they're mandated by lots of rules and regulations. So the ability to be creative and curious, I feel sometimes isn't really supported in the school setting. Exactly. And I can say as a teacher, it's really hard just having so many kids to be you know, one of the things I think is so important is for kids to become self-directed learners, to really feel like they can go after anything they want to learn um, and have those skills, those learner skills, I call them, to just be able to figure anything out. And as a teacher, it can be hard sometimes because all kids are interested in different things and at their own paces and to really foster that. So I think when parents can step in and help develop those skills, it not only helps kids be successful in school, but also just in life. I agree. And I want to touch on something you said about being a self-directed learner. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means and how parents can really prepare their kids to be more self-directed? Exactly. So when I think about self-directed learning, I think about skills more than content. So what I mean is developing these learner skills where kids can feel like they can be curious about something. It's kind of, I also talk about something called the cycle of inquiry, which is you, you ask questions and then you wonder about them and you investigate them and you find your answers and then you reflect on them and it's just this cycle over and over again. And that's kind of what it is to be a self-directed learner is to go through, be able to go through the cycle on your own. So let's say, you know, my daughter's obsessed with the presidents right now of all the U.S. presidents. <laughs> so bizarre. You know, she just found a poster and it's cool. She knows more than I do now. Uh, <laughs> but she's like, okay, I'm learning about the presidents. And then she's like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to come up with these questions. She does it quite naturally. You know, she's four. She's like, oh, I wonder, you know, which one of these presidents have died or which one of these presidents lived in the White House or whatever. Um, and then being able to investigate those questions. So as she gets older, or even now, you know, teaching kids where to find information, that they can ask questions to other people, they can look in books, they could go to the library, they could do internet research. Um, and along with that, you know, some of this grows as kids get older of being able to do critical online research of finding trustworthy sites and um, doing some critical reading and realizing that not everything you read is truth. Um, all that stuff that are skills that we need, both, you know, whatever you're investigating, whatever content you're working on and in the world. So finding that information and then really um, reflecting on your learning. So thinking about, and this is the part that as a teacher, I always, you know, kind of forgot sometimes. And as a parent, it's hard too to really think about this reflection piece is thinking about how you learned what you learned. So at the end of learning about presence, thinking about, wow, think about all the things you learned about presence. How did you learn it? What was hard? What was easy? Where was the best place for information? Was there anything that was surprising or confusing? Yeah. And really synthesizing that information so that the next learning experience the child comes into with some background knowledge. Yeah, and that's such a great tool to teach kids because I feel like, you know, we're talking about diving online and using technology to help them discover information. Do you feel like sometimes technology gets in the way of being creative or curious? Yeah, I think that it can. I mean, I think it can in that 
sometimes it makes us feel far removed from the natural world or the world around us of thinking about like, oh, I could look online and see all these rocks instead of going in the backyard and seeing all the rocks. <laughs> so I think that, you know, if the, I mean, I think it can start anywhere. I'm not to say that you can't be curious about something you find online, but I think that the best ways I've seen technology used is when a real world problem or question comes up and then you use technology to get that information to research it. I mean, I use all the time. It's like ridiculous how my kids are just like, look it up. Something yeah. that I never had as a kid, you know, it's like, we couldn't just look it up right away. But it is like, we found a bug in the backyard yesterday and we didn't know what it was. And so we looked it up and we looked at different yeah. pictures of the bugs and we, you know, they did some critical thinking of like, oh, well, this one has green and this one has a little bit of orange over here. So I don't think it's this one. And that way, I think technology is a great tool just for getting that information that maybe would be 10 steps away otherwise. Okay. Um, but I think the way it can get, it can get in the way of creativity is by making, I guess by kind of preventing these spontaneous learning experiences that might happen just through exploration and play away from a screen. Yeah. And I just see kids earlier and earlier, you know, two and one and a half and three, you know, parents are handing them their phones when they're trying to have a discussion with somebody. And, you know, I don't always know what they're playing, but I just think to myself, gosh, that's such a far different reality to be in because I remember not even getting my first computer until I was almost graduated from college. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is such an interesting change in what's acceptable and how kids are using and interacting with technology these days. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think that's another thing of, I mean, I don't think it's, it's necessarily always bad, but I think that it can prevent these conversations and connections too. If you're always like, Hey, here's the phone while I do this, you're actually you're losing that opportunity to connect with your child or model with your child. Even if it's a, a conversation they're not involved with, they can learn something from how you interact in it or you can bring them into it. Um, so I think it's, it's often just a missed opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I've been toting my kids along to my performing arts school and, you know, rehearsals for different plays and productions, you know, since they were just little babies. And so mm -hmm. they had to endure these long conversations, <laughs> what it means to wait, because sometimes in life, they just have to wait and be patient. And that's a really hard skill for kids to learn. But I think it goes along with curiosity, if they can think about why they're waiting and, you know, what their role is in a conversation and where they fit in. Those are really great questions for them to be asking of themselves. Exactly. And they're being exposed to a whole different world, right? I mean, they're seeing your, your work side of things and they're seeing what that's yes. like. And it's not just a world that's built around them. You know, there's a whole, whole world out there of lots of different things to explore. Absolutely. And I know I have two kids now and both of them are really curious and very, very keen to take this entrepreneurial journey. So I think that's kind of fun. And you're modeling that for your kids as well. They see you being able to change lives and affect people and be able to really help them on a, you know, in a really big way and not just sort of, you know, you just put out information, but you're actually really helping them change their lives and change their kids' educational experiences forever. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's my greater goal is to yeah. help. I mean, I think that's why I went into teaching to try and just, I mean, it sounds trite, but to change the future, you know, to get kids who are critical thinkers and, and and who have empathy and care about each other and are curious about the world. They're the 
kind of adults I like talking to. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have such respect for teachers. I mean, they have so much on their plates and they, you know, they work tirelessly to give these kids unique opportunities. And I'm so grateful for the teachers that we've had, but I know it has to be so challenging with bigger class sizes and more being demanded as far as testing. Gosh, they just have so much. And I, you know, I, we wouldn't be where we are for sure in our world if they weren't doing what they did every day. So to all you teachers out there, we definitely thank you for everything that you do. Yes, I thank all teachers too. <laughs> Absolutely. So Lily, as a parent, why is it important for us to be creative with our kids? Wow, so many reasons. I mean, I think mostly, well, not mostly, one reason is to model what creativity is and to show kids. I mean, I like to show my daughter what I'm writing or what I'm doing, you know, talk about what I'm making or draw together and just show her how to be creative, how to express feelings in different ways. Um, I think one of the main things is just getting these multiple ways of expressing your thoughts and your feelings um, so that you can choose different ways for different purposes that sometimes you might feel really upset and do a crazy angry drawing or sometimes you might write a letter to a friend because you're really happy or you might put on a play to show what you learned about the presidents or you know giving kids these multiple opportunities to think creatively um, I think is valuable just in expression and also in problem solving but when we solve problems the best problem solvers think about things creatively that it's not, I mean, even I always think about math. Um, it's not like math. There are problems that are correct, right? It's three plus three equals six and two plus five equals seven. We can't argue with that, but there are so many amazing creative ways to solve math problems. Mm -hmm. You know, there are ways you can solve those problems a ton of different ways with materials, doing one plus one plus one plus one, uh, putting twos together. There are so many different ways to think about things. And I think that builds problem solving and it gets kids to see multiple perspectives of things, um, all skills that are just great to develop. Yeah, that's amazing too. The, having the multiple perspectives is so important, I think. Um, and I know in schools with, with, with my kids, I struggle with this a little bit because sometimes like in math, as you say, there's definitely more than one way to solve a problem, but a lot of times they're required to solve it in the one way that they're taught in classrooms. And I get a little bit anxious about that for my kids because like you, I want them to know that there's many ways to be able to get to the end point. And it's not just one, even though they're only being taught the one. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is learning the one way and before you can, I mean, I don't know, there's different schools of thoughts. So I think that in terms of math, it's hard to go against like what's being taught in school. And if they're supposed to master, you know, the standard algorithm of subtraction, then great. Sure. If they can master that. Um, but I think that this is maybe getting too teachery, but with math, it's important to develop what's called number sense, which is being able to think less flexibly about numbers. And in general, the thinking is like, once you have strong number sense, you can really understand all these different approaches really well. Uh, so I think that if maybe for a parent side of things, like if this one approach is being taught in school, then just, I would say, introduce the other approach. But if the, and tell your child, like in school, they want you to solve this problem this way. But there's also these other ways. Let's try and figure out why they work and really get at the why they work rather than just confusing them with like many different algorithms. Yeah. Right. I talk to a lot of parents and a lot of them tell me, you know, I'm not very creative. I don't know what to do with my kids. And I know that not to be true because people, like you said, are creative in multiple ways. And, you know, some people are really good at seeing a situation and being able to discover a solution. Some people have to be hands-on and discover a solution. So what would you tell parents if they 
have this belief in themselves that they're just not creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think starting with what you said of, it feels like the word creative is limiting to them in some way and that they're not thinking about it with a a bigger worldview of we're creative all the time of figuring out what you're going to pack your kids for lunch. That's creating a a meal plan. You know, Um, we do all these things all the time. So I think the first step is just embracing, like you said, that we are all creative. And then I think, I mean, I really honestly would just go back to wondering with your child and, and modeling being curious about the world is the first step to creating something, creating a solution, creating a way to express it. Um, So really getting in those experiences where you, kind of free yourself up to admit that you don't know everything and can ask questions and then create things with your child and get messy and play. And I think some of it is maybe it's kind of like thinking about that word creative feeling constricting or like, Oh, I'm not that, or I'm not an artist or, um, it's, I think we get into this idea that when we're parents, we have to be so serious and we have to know everything and our kids come to us for answers. And I don't think that's, true we don't nobody knows everything and our kids also they sure they come to us for limits and boundaries and nurturing and food and shelter but they also come to us to play with and to learn what it's like to be a creator and to be joyful you know so I think all of that kind of goes in one for me of when you're creating it's really an opportunity to let go of some of those boundaries and to hopefully gain some freedom of expression and wondering with your child. And I have to say as a parent, being able to just let go of things and not think about the stressors of everyday life and go in the backyard and just look at the clouds or go watch the chickens that we have in the backyard or you know, do something that's just not in the routine. I mean, I, I feel like that's sometimes so freeing as a parent just mm-hmm. to disrupt the everyday and do something spontaneous. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think some of it's just giving ourselves permission to do that. And to, to just not feel stress about it. Like, I mean, I think that it's important not to be like, oh, I'm not creative. I need to be creative. <laughs> you know, that just widening your view of that and then just playing and letting what happens happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here on the show, we're really passionate about the arts and using the arts to help parents raise smarter kids. Why do you feel that learning for kids, learning through the arts is so important? I think it's super important. I think that in schools and for parents, it's so important because it's kind of like I said before, getting these multiple ways of expressing your thoughts and your feelings, no one way is better than the other. Arts can be an amazing way to show what you know, um, both inside your body and your cognitive knowledge. So thinking about putting on a performance after learning something or doing an art piece to express your knowledge, it, it is a way of thinking, you know? Um, it's not necessarily an add-on or like something something fun. It's actually as meaningful and as powerful as writing or reading, I think. Um, so I think it's, if you think about it that way, you know, that we want to develop these ways for our kids to express their feelings and express their thoughts and knowledge. It's just another, it's, it's another way. It's, you know, learning about the world through math, through art, through reading, through writing. They're all kind of connected. Um, but I think that that's, um, so important for kids to see that and to see models of how artists are expressing themselves, um, both their feelings and their thoughts, you know, uh, thinking about an art piece about a political statement or um, about a historical um, point in time or something like that for kids to just see how artists use art. It's not just craft. Um, yeah. It also can be a real expression. 
Absolutely. And I talk to lots of parents too. And, you know, when they come to bring their kid in for a dance class or a music lesson, you know, they sort of see the end result. They see the skill development in that particular area. Whereas we approach it from an area of, you know, what we're teaching them in our classes are these life lessons. They're learning about how to be a great leader. They're learning about what it means to be part of a team, what it means to contribute, how, you know, what their role is in certain situations. So they're learning all of these great life skills that, you know, they might be able to learn them somewhere else, but I feel like in the arts classroom is a place where, like you said, they get to really freely express who they are and who they want to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that, I mean, I think the arts are really powerful as a tool for kind of developing your sense of self. You know, we think about yes. pe- people often group themselves by what music they listen to mm-hmm. or what books they read, you know, um, or the kind of arts that they like, you know, there are ways of seeing art as something in yourself. Um, and it's a great tool to have, to be able to have all this background of art and these skills that you're talking about developing to just help you throughout your life, both um, throughout your life, both develop a sense of yourself and also connect with other people. Yes, absolutely. I think the arts really just kind of open up a lot of different worlds and a lot of different possibilities for not only our kids, but for us as well. If we can, if we can allow ourselves to kind of go back to being a kid and understanding that, you know, letting go and appreciating what's around us is really key to modeling that behavior for our kids. Exactly. Awesome. So before we say our goodbyes today, I want to ask you to, to leave our listeners with maybe one piece of advice that they could implement today to help them raise smarter, more curious kids. Yeah, I would say maybe this is giving too specific, but I would say today, put everything down and go walk around the block with your child and really wonder about the things that you see. Find something that you don't know the answer to and think about it with your child and see if you can figure out what it is or um, a connection to something else and just really model that you do not know everything and that you want to know more. Um, So pick up a leaf and think about what tree it came from or find a bug and watch it go down the street and see how it walks or look at a bird in the sky and see if you can find a bird that's like it. And really just take a moment to connect with your child and wonder and hear his or her questions and ask your own questions too. That is awesome. And in the the very end, you said to connect. And I think that's what this whole parenting adventure is about, about finding ways to connect with our kids and then encourage them to really go out and see the world with these eyes of wonder and be curious about everything around them. Exactly. So what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about Curiosity Pack or if they have questions specifically for you, how, what is the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, we have our website is www.curiositypack.com and you can find information about our products there. I have a blog, a link to our podcast. So pretty much everything is, is there. And then if anybody wants to reach out to me, my email is lily, L-I-L-Y at curiositypack.com. Excellent. Well, I have had such a great time connecting with you today, and I'm so glad that we were able to, to, to make this interview happen because I just think that if we can equip parents with the tools to keep their kids curious and keep them full of wonder, their educational experience in life is going to be much more rich. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure, and I look forward to catching you next time.